2 Corinthians 12. It's a great chapter. And uh, so I'll read the first 10 verses. And um, because of vacation schedules, I titled this sermon like a week and a half ago. So, and then I wrote it. So the title has nothing to do with what I'm going to say. But it sounded kind of cool when I put it there. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 10. This is the word of God, so listen. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on with visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third, the third heaven, whether it's in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows was caught up into paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that no man is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given, given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. This, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks, and we ask that we can hear your voice through these words. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this passage, St. Paul speaks about having visions and revelations, and from there he goes on uh, to a deeper understanding of what that is. Now he's clearly talking about himself. I know a man who 14 years ago, that's him. And he has visions and revelations. And so the question I want to address this morning is, is it still possible to have visions and revelations? Does God still give visions and revelations, as he did to St. Paul and St. Peter and some of the other great saints. And if so, how can we tell? Or is it just for crazy people? Or is it just people with overactive uh, imaginations? What are visions and revelations, and how can we tell authentic ones from inauthentic ones? So that's, that's what I want to address this morning. So let's begin by asking the question, what are visions and revelations? And let me begin by saying, Paul, I believe, is very careful with his selection of words. Uh, when Paul wrote, actually he dictated, but he was very conscious, I think, that papyrus on which he wrote was very expensive, and ink was very expensive, and so he doesn't waste words. And so when he says things like visions and revelations, there's a distinction. There's a difference between visions and revelations. Otherwise, I don't think he would have used both words. So what are the distinctions? What's the difference between a vision and a revelation. Now, I'm going to make the distinction, but let me be clear on this. There's tons of overlapping. 
And so if, if you want to come in afterwards and say, but, I'll agree with you probably, unless, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of overlapping. So generally speaking, there are differences between visions and revelation, and, and here's what the distinction is. A vision, generally speaking, is, now you got your pen ready? This is pretty profound. A vision, generally speaking, is visual. <laughs> How's that for profundity? Um, it, generally speaking, a vision is visual. You see something. Generally speaking, it changes the behavior in which you're practicing, the direction you're going. So, for example, in Acts chapter 16, St. Paul has a vision, a vision of the man from Macedonia. Uh, Paul is already a committed Christian. He's following the Lord. The vision says, change your behavior. The man from Macedonia says, come over. So in other words, stop preaching only in Asia, start preaching in Europe, Macedonia or Northern Greece. So generally speaking, a vision is visual, it has to do with changing behavior or changing direction. A revelation has a vision, uh, or, you know, sight connected to it, but the hearing is much more important. And rather than changing simply behavior, a revelation changes your understanding of the wider truth. So in Acts chapter 9, uh, Paul has a revelation. The light comes upon him. He's going to Damascus, remember, to persecute the Church of Christ. The light comes, and out of the light comes the voice says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So it's not necessarily primarily a change in direction. It's a change of outlook. It's a change of understanding. It's a change of perception of reality. Christ is Lord and that is revealed to him. So the visions and revelations, there's subtle differences, one more with direction, one with uh, knowing the truth. And, and so the question becomes, it seems to me, how can we know true visions or revelations that come into our life? And do they still happen? Let me suggest I do believe they still happen, but we need a rule, a rule of thumb, a rule, a rule. I have an acronym coming here, and the acronym is RULE. <laughs> The rules so we can understand true visions and revelations from just, you know, nightmares. So what, how can we discern true visions and revelations? R in the rule. Visions are rare. That's the R word. They're rare. St. Paul says, I knew a man 14 years ago. St. Paul had a multitude of visions, basically had one revelation when the light came upon him and the voice said, why are you persecuting me? Visions are rare. And so if you're having like continual visions, continual revelations, you might want to check your prescription and the frequency of which you're taking them. You know what I'm saying? They're rare. Uh, saint Bernard, saint, let me drift away a little bit. Saint Bernard is a great saint. Uh, 11th century, this doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it's really interesting, at least I'm interested in it. Uh, saint Bernard is a great reformer in all religious movements. Uh, a religious movement will start out with great zeal, with great uh, fidelity to the Lord and the Scripture, and so it was with the Benedictines, and then they get kind of lazy with the Benedictines, or the Presbyterians, or the Baptists, or the Methodists, you know what I'm saying? And so you'll have great reformers. Uh, Bernard was a great reformer and brought back the fidel uh, fidelity and zeal and scriptural fidelity and all that stuff. So he's a great reformer. And Bernard said, if you have one vision or revelation in your life, you are a blessed person. So they're rare. 
So the first thing we need to know is that they do happen, but they're rare in the rule. The second is that they are, by and large, unexpected. St. Paul didn't expect to have a revelation when he was going to Damascus. He didn't expect to see the man from Macedonia standing over there, say, come over here. They're unexpected. The Lord gives them when the Lord will. However, even though they are unexpected, we can prepare for them. And there is clear indication of how we can prepare. Three ways, all of them S-words, so that I can remember. One, your life needs to be founded and based in Scripture. The first S-word, Scripture. Even St. Paul, when he was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Church of Christ, he knew his Bible. Now, he was misinterpreting it, he was doing it all wrong, but he knew the Scriptures. We need to have our life based on Scripture. That's the first thing. The second thing is that we need to be seeking the will of the Lord. St. Paul, when he was on the way to Damascus, was seeking to do God's will. It was totally wrong. The Lord gave him a vision, so he changed it. But we need to seek the will of the Lord. We need to base our lives on Scripture. And third, I know I hammer on this way too often, so forgive me, silence. It's, it's my greatest fear of our culture today. There's just not enough. So whether we're filling our heads with continuous blabbering on television and radio, or even positive things like Christian music, we simply don't allow enough time for silence. And the effect of that is our heads are filled with noise. How many times do you find yourself arguing with phantoms? This is what I should have said. <laughs> They're that constant noise. And, and so maybe if we're a little more silent, based on scripture, seeking the will of the Lord, it's unexpected, but maybe there are visions and revelations. So first, in the rule, rule of thumb, the first rule, uh, whether they're authentic uh, visions or revelations, they're rare. Second, they're unexpected. L, they always, visions and revelations, always point to a larger, that's the word, the larger reality. So, if you're asking God, should I buy stock in company A or company B, give me a revelation, I want you to imagine God rolling his eyes at you. It's not the larger plan. That's your stuff. It might be interesting to you, but not to the kingdom of God. The vision of the revelation always opens up the larger vision of God. Go to Macedonia. I am the Lord. The larger reality. They're rare, they're unexpected, the larger reality is revealed, and E, echo. Whatever the vision of the revelation is, it always is an echo of the larger truth. Everything that needs to be said has already been told. There is no new light. There is nothing new to be revealed. It's all been revealed in Scripture through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you have a vision or revelation that says, I think I should probably worship an idol or, uh, you know, break Sabbath continually or use the name in vain or murder or commit adultery or slander or steal. I think I had a vision. Uh-uh. Check it out on Scripture because everything that needs to be said has been said. There's no new light. We can understand more deeply. True. But everything that has been said, needs to be said, has been said. So all visions and revelations are echoes of what has already been said. So, kind of foundation of what visions and revelations are. Now let's go to 2 Cor 12. 
and look explicitly of some things that were revealed to Paul, St. Paul, that are applicable to our life. You still with me? I need to check everyone. So it's hot. Guys up here screaming. Things that we hear from St. Paul. Four things. All of them start with H's, so I can remember it. First, heaven is hierarchical. St. Paul said, I was taken up into the third heaven. Heaven is hierarchical, and therefore everything is hierarchical. Heaven is the dwelling place of God alone and his saints, the pure ones only. On earth, not so true. God is here, the fullness of God here, but there's all kinds of other, you know, stuff, evil and such. Heaven itself is hierarchical, the third heaven, which means, of course, in this reality, there is a hierarchy. There are people that are more spiritually and morally advanced. And so I, I need to go back to it every once in a while. When I hear that, you know, don't judge me, sometimes we need to be judged. Because there are people that are spiritually higher, there are speech, people that are spiritually more advanced, and we need to hear that. Let me talk about dedication. Uh, when I, I, I promised I'd say something about this. When my kids, you know, a couple years ago were baptized, I did not baptize my own kids. And the reason why I didn't baptize my own kids is because I wanted to be the parent. If you saw what happened, everything in baptism is, and dedication is symbolic. I wanted to be the parent that took my children and gave them to somebody else as I received uh, Peyton and Olivia. So as if to say, this is a huge job, and I am incompetent to do it by myself. I need other wiser voices. I need other more mature hands to help me do this, because it's bigger than I can do. I want to be the parent that gives this child away. Because, in fact, the reality, there is a hierarchy of maturity and spirituality, and we all need each other. And we need to keep each other accountable on these things. So the first thing we hear from St. Paul, in terms of visions and revelations, he was taught, caught up to the third heaven. There is a hierarchy in heaven. Second thing, hearing always takes precedence over sight. And so, you know, show me and I'll believe it. I can show you all kinds of nuts things. Remember your mother used to say to you, do you hear what I'm saying? She never said, do you see what I'm showing you? <laughs> she said, do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear? Paul said, St. Paul said in this passage, I was caught up into the third heaven, and I heard inexpressible things. Even though he was caught up in the third heaven, he didn't see undescribable things. He heard inexpressible things. Do you hear the word of God? Are you reading the word of God? Is your nose in the book of God, the word of God, daily, continually, frequently? Because the word is what transforms our life, listening to the word of God. Now, if you look at the visions and revelations Paul had, there were visions. But if he just saw the Macedonian man without the voice that said, come over here, he'd just say, you know, cool, a Greek dude. <laughs> so what? Come over here. The voice, the word is what matters. And so when I hear people say, well, they'll know we're uh, Christians because we're nice. They'll know you're nice because you're nice. <laughs> the only way they'll know 
is if they hear, is if they listen. Listen for the word of God. Paul was taken up and he heard inexpressible things. Heaven is hierarchical. Hearing always takes precedence over sight. Third, this is where it gets hard. Hurting is necessary for growth. Hurting is necessary for growth. In exercise world, uh, no pain, no gain, that's true. That's true. Hurting is necessary for growth. And so St. Paul says, because he was caught up in the third heaven, so I wouldn't get boastful, I received a thorn in the flesh, a thorn in the flesh that would not be removed. Three times I prayed and God said no. A thorn in the flesh. Now what was Paul's thorn? We could speculate this and forever. Let me give two of the best options. One, he had a physical deformity in his eyes. He talks about that in Galatians and some other places. He says, it was hard. I know it was hard for you to look at me. Uh, when he saw the light, might have some weird things happened to his eyes. So probably he had some visual problems and it probably had some deformity in his eyes. So it was hard to look at him. Or on an interior level, Paul says, do I not burn like other men? So in other words, it could have to do with lust or loneliness. But whatever the thorn was, it was not removed. And whatever the thorn was, every person everywhere, every person here has some thorn. Am I right? Sometimes the thorns are really big and obvious. Sometimes they're very personal and quiet. Everyone has a thorn. Everyone has some messenger of Satan. The only issue is, how do you interpret it? Do you blame God? Do you blame everybody else? Or, as St. Paul does, do you turn to God and find strength in God in the weakness? That's St. Paul's way of dealing with life. The thorn was a gift so that he could remember continually to turn to God. Hurting is essential for growth, and so he grew in his own life. And finally, the fourth H word, and this one's really hard to understand. Happiness is found in the wound. Paul says, St. Paul says, I delight, that's happiness, I delight in my weakness, in my suffering, in my persecution. I delight in that because when I am weak, then I am made strong. Because thy power is made perfect in my weakness. So let me go back. I mentioned earlier that if you're having visions and revelations every day, you might want to check, you know, the strength of your medication. <laughs> Let me amend that. I think we can have a vision and a revelation every day. And the vision is the cross of Jesus Christ. Because everything that can be heard or said is found there. In the cross, we find the suffering of God. We find his death, for the sins of the world and our sins. We find his passion. We find his suffering. And in the resurrection, we find power and strength and the newness of life. So I think we can have a vision and a revelation from God continually. And that is all summarized in that one word, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hear the word of God. Listen for the word of God. Let's pray. 
Lord, we give you thanks, even for our weaknesses, even for those thorns, even for that messenger of Satan that picks on us. We thank you because you're stronger. And when we are weak, then we turn to you. We don't give in to that weakness. And in you, we find new strength, new life, new hope. In you, Lord Jesus, only, always in you. In thy name, amen.